rather busy. Now he's going to move like right along to McGregor. That's his whole life. You know. I don't know how you feel about Emily, the episode, not Emily, the character, although she's gone already, dead. So good job, show. <laughs> but I feel kind of manipulated. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it's a... It's not a great episode. It has a lot of the poor instincts of mythology episodes. Uh, again, the last few mythology episodes had been really good. They were really trimmed, really tight, uh, really uh, simple. And Emily is not. We've got the hybrids back. We've got the weird experimental nursing homes. We've got another shadowy group of people. We've got the government and people are tracing and they find weird chemicals and fetuses around. I mean, this is another one where they're taking a bunch of old stuff and adding a bunch of new stuff on top of it. Uh, and, of course, there is the little waif child in danger who's this cute little moppet that we feel for and worry about. Uh, but in terms of where this puts Skelly on her spiritual journey, which has been the core of that character for me, uh, I think this is a very necessary and interesting episode. We'll talk about that. I'm I'm curious why you think it's important. I mean, is it the realization that Scully comes to that she actually does want a child, or do do you see that as no, no, no? The I, most I, important part. Or? I, I I think for Scully, the most important th- part is the fact that she finds herself in church in the end of this episode. I mean, this is kind of. Uh, this episode is a... Well, she does find herself in church because she's at a funeral. So I don't know I, No, if... no, no, no. I, I, I'm not saying she's fully back to the fold or anything, but this episode puts her in church. See, there's the... The X-Files kind of view of God, at least as it has been through Scully, is that there is a divine force which does speak in signs and metaphors and messages and things like that, and which also does have some kind of a guiding influence on events. For Scully, the core of her faith means that there is an ultimate meaning to all of this, uh, whether or not it is comprehensible. Again, it's similar to her views on science. It's similar to Fox Mulder's views on aliens. But uh, for Scully's faith, there is an, there is a plan behind all of this, I would say. And... It's not insignificant that a Christmas episode and its follow-up would have elements of that plan uh, coming to fruition, kind of. I'm not sure I'm convinced. I mean, I I, I think to some degree, yes. And I, I, I still don't think that her being in church at the end of the episode is indicative of anything because she was at a funeral. Um, and certainly you could argue that, well, it was Scully's decision to have a funeral in a Catholic church, blah, blah, blah. And that's fair. I think for me, what it comes down to, what what I what I think is more evidence for for your point of view is the the founding of the or the finding of the cross yes. in in Emily's ashes. And I don't know. I mean, I grew up Catholic, but I don't really consider myself Catholic anymore, and I haven't been in a Catholic church in a long time. But I don't remember if it's kosher. Like they don't actually have the ashes in the coffin at the funeral service do they um those aren't ashes uh cremains are much more like they look more like pebbles this is sand i mean it's it's specifically the sand that she's going through in the dream at the beginning i mean i i thought that the implication of that was either that the body has somehow turned to sand because she is this weird hybrid or it's been replaced by that 
Uh, okay, that's fair. If, I mean, I, I just, I was a little, I was a little yeah. confused. I mean, I think if that you part want of what the, is so, I would say, if you want, like, the, part of, I think part, like, well, part of what is so frustrating to me about this episode is that they could have spent a lot more time doing that sort of thing and yeah. making it very resonant and making it very important to the character of Scully and the emotional intensity of this experience that she goes through. And they don't. And what you're left with is a very, very bland, you know, ending to this two-parter that is just, once again, a paint-by-numbers mythology episode where you have all of these disparate elements running around that we've seen time and time again that provide no answers and are just there because I don't know why. And it's all supposed to tie in somehow, but it never really does. And then you get stuff like that where it's like at the end of the episode, you have to be like deeply versed in catholic mythology to know what the <laughs> hell is going on and i mean to be fair like 20 uh, percent of the population of the united states is catholic or something i mean i don't i don't think like most people watching the show are going to have any idea what the hell is going on and it, it's just strange i mean and it, it, you know we could talk about how this show really does treat catholicism as like the default religion in a weird way um and we've had other episodes like kaddish for example which very much paint you know, Judaism is this sort of like weird other. And I don't, I mean, maybe I just don't want to talk about this episode because I don't find it very interesting, but that seems, that seems interesting to me. I I don't know. I, I see. I don't know because on the one hand, yes, that is kind of the way it's, it is treated. The, the, uh, most television shows, certainly a show like this could go into some form of Christianity because obviously Christian symbolism in America is one of the defaults that yeah, I mean when you brought it in into you know any denomination of Christianity, you are getting a, a much larger net of the population. And even people who are, you know, not Christian do have these symbols at least in the air. Uh do at least kind of recognize them. And just as we kind of recognize the Jewish symbolism in Kaddish, uh, even if we aren't versed in it. Uh, but you're right, it does tr- it, it does go further into the mythology of this particular subculture, and I think that is because of X-Files' interest in being a show about subcultures, and it just so happens that Scully is a member of the subculture of Catholicism, just as Mulder is a member of the subculture of Alien nuts and yeah i i the 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 show goes out of its way to parallel the two and yes those these are ones that it finds particularly rich which i will assume come out of chris carter's own background i mean i would assume he is catholic himself to write about this so much uh and i would and he obviously is interested in ufo conspiracy stuff even if just for the fun of it uh, someone on the writing staff is Catholic, whether or not it's Christian. Yeah. Or I mean, someone ha- has to be exactly. because you don't put all this, you know, Catholic imagery in, in a show over and over again without having some sort of, of reason why. But I, I'm, I'm with you. But I think also, I mean, some of it, of course, has to do with the fact that that Scully is Catholic, and that is going to be a recurring motif in the episode. In the same way that, like, if Mulder was Jewish, for example, uh, we might see that over and over again. But the other part of it that that I mean, and we do have to grapple, I think, as well with the very on the nose symbolism, the cut between yeah. you know Scully and and her holding the the you know dying body of of Emily, and then cutting to the stained glass window with you know <laughs> with Mary and the baby Jesus, and 
and then to episode- her sister-in-law who's just had her baby. Right, <laughs> right. And it's like, you know, I I get it to some degree. Like, I know that... to their own children as well but it's a different thing they you know men don't give birth women give birth and that's a very sort of uh facile explanation but that's the one i'm sticking with but but to me it's like all right well what do we have here i mean christmas carol was this like lyrical beautiful episode that really had to deal with scully as a person a lot of her baggage you know a lot of her family connections and this episode is not that i mean this episode is is certainly not lyrical is certainly not beautiful in any way and i think that that might be by design. I mean, sort of the the hor- horribleness of what this conspiracy is doing to people and what they are doing now is even to the point where it is becoming like increasingly odious, where they are creating essentially babies and children to to die horrible, painful deaths for, for no reason other than sort of like experimentation. But I don't know. But then the episode seems to want to continue the sort of feel of Christmas Carol in making some sort of symbolic connection between the the virgin birth and Emily and Scully's relationship to her. And I just don't think yeah. it did enough work to, to justify that. Here's the thing. Right? The episode is very split between it wanting to be this deep examination of Scully's faith and her her major themes and her desire possibly to be her mother and her her reactions to the fact that she had made peace with her own death and suddenly has her life back again and the fact that she went through this experience of being abducted and experimented on and what that means there are all of these very meaty very what i generally find very interesting themes to go with scully because i do find when scully is grappling with one of these issues is where a lot of the core of this character is, where the heart of the show is for me. Uh, it wants to be that, but it also wants to be the big action-packed mystery. You know, Mulder beats a guy, there's a chase, there's alien hybrids running around and killing people, and again, there's fetuses in a jar and this weird laboratory, and they're experimenting on the senior citizens. What's with this beauty sleep thing? What's going on? Pregnant old ladies. Like, it wants to be that, too. But the thing is, it didn't – it doesn't spend enough time on the character beats for them to feel fleshed out, so it feels very half-assed. And it doesn't really have a coherent enough plot, and I have, I, I've kind of accepted the show is not going to make sense from a plot standpoint. So I'm not – again, it's hard for me to track the details of of the events in this episode because – I don't really care about putting them in a timeline or figuring – the causality isn't really matter. At one point, there's hybrids running around. At one point, he finds himself in a nursing home, and connecting the dots is very tedious time that could have been better spent on other things. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I mean, I I, I think that really this episode is is two plots smushed together. You know, Scully and Mulder don't really have much to do with each other in this episode aside from – 
Mulder appearing at the very beginning of the episode and, and, and making vague sad noises to Scully and then disappearing and, and, and having his adventures uh, following Dr. Calderon and, and getting beaten up by the guy and all that kind of stuff. And Scully is kind of floating out there in a completely different narrative where she's really stuck in, uh, you know, kind of a, an emotional hell. And I, you know, I don't necessarily like to go down the road of, of fixing episodes, but I think that this is really... I think this episode is really hampered by the fact that they're like this needs to have mythology elements and we need to have Mulder in this episode to have his own little plot because I don't know if maybe they thought it was too much to have a two-parter that dealt solely with Scully's yeah. eternal life I, I really don't know but I feel I feel a lack of something here I feel a missing part where I wish that they would in in, in a show that so often has the courage of its convictions this conclusion to this story or this conclusion to this two-parter because of course this isn't the conclusion of scully's story or Mulder's story or the story of the conspiracy it it doesn't feel like it has the courage of its convictions it felt like it was going in a very particular direction in christmas carol and then they just hit the switch and they're like oh this is a mythology episode well in some ways this is kind of the flip side of episodic television doing experimental episodes christmas carol was maybe not the flashiest experimental episode the x-files has done it's certainly not a uh, postmodern prometheus but it is very different in tone and structure and all of that to the rest of the series and you can do that once but you can't necessarily do that twice in a row without do, do you know what i mean you can't have two postmodern prometheus in a row because that's kind of altering the tone i does this make any does this make sense do you know what I'm no saying? it does make sense i mean pr- po- postmodern prometheus and episodes like that are are sort of the exceptions that prove the rule yeah. right and 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 the x-files always does need to have uh, some sort of grounded reality i mean every episode can't be a darren morgan episode and but at the same time like the fifth season so far has had no real standard x-files episodes i i think this is probably the closest we get to one and of course kitsunagari is is also kind of one but but is kind of not as well because it's a follow-up to it to a third yeah. season episode and in a way but, both episodes uh do expect us to know what the x-files is have been watching the x-files this long and all of that they don't ex- at no point in Emily, does anybody say the word hybrid, I don't think? We know what the hybrids are. We know what's going on here. We know about the experimentation. There's no recapping again. And it's, I mean, I've I found that to be kind of a ballsy move on the X-Files part, that it just understands that we know what's going on. Yeah, and and I mean, I will say, too, that I, I don't want to get too far down a road of, of talking about what's coming up in, in the future. But, you know, we also do have to keep in mind that that this season had a lot of table setting to, to get um, the story in place for for the movie that was coming out after this after this season is finished airing. And they had already filmed the movie. They had already finished filming it. So it was in post-production at this point, I assume. And and so they already knew where they needed to go. And this season, yeah. I don't I don't know how well I don't know how like planned out it was. I don't think they had some sort of like 
detailed arc for it where they knew where they were going in episode eight and they knew where they were going in episode 12. It wasn't like that, but they, they kind of had to know where they were going for the season finale leading into the leading into the movie. Yeah. So there, there's some of that too. You don't want the audience to forget that this stuff is out there. And, you know, it has been a little while since we've seen a lot of the classic elements of the mythology yeah. stuff. Like what the, 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 the I mean, the one thing that I remember, for example, from the movie is Black oil does play a part in it. So, for example, I'm going to assume there will be some mythology episodes going a little further into black oil in preparation. Right. For that. Yeah. And yeah. And I, I, I mean, I don't think you're wrong to think that. Yeah. I mean, mythology episodes all sort of blend together in my mind. So it's a little yeah. hard for me to place. But they're going to remind happen. us of it. They're going to we they want us to have it in our head because it has been a little while. I assume this is going to be a yeah. It, table setting i think feels like a good in other words maybe they wrote the movie and they had that end okay well these things need to be explained pepper them throughout the season somehow yeah yeah i i think that's totally fair but but i just wish they had decided to do it in a different yeah. episode because again i mean kind of to move aside from this for a second i i also feel like this is a really really just kind of mean episode for scully i, I don't know why they want to put her through this it it, it yeah. doesn't make any sense to me is it about her getting her faith back i mean we started out talking about this episode in terms of catholicism and 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 scully's religious faith and she has kind of gone away from it the show has made it clear that she has gone away from it although she has said i mean there's that scene from last season at, at the table with the priest talking about how she has not lost her faith but she is not really going to church anymore and these two episodes are very much leaning heavily on the idea that Scully is is rediscovering her her yeah. faith in God and her faith in Catholicism more specifically. But is this how she needed to get there? I, I'm not sure. And, and I don't know. But I, I I guess for me the one thing that I am taking f- that that I I know for a fact is that Mrs. Scully has been praying this entire time. Oh. Let Scully come to ch- let Dana come to church one more, you know, again. Just get her in church, and that is what she is thinking at the funeral when she hugs her. Like I can tell you this for a fact. And f- uh, again, from that perspective, this does feel like a very weird prayer getting answered kind of ending. I'm not sure what you mean by that. What what prayer is being answered? The the prayer of her mother? Uh, yeah, and I think some of. Scully, if Scully wouldn't call it praying per se, Scully certainly does have a desire for a little more understanding of things. And if this episode leaves her with more questions, I think she has learned a couple of things along the way, certainly. This is an episode, these are episodes about revelations and things, and about people being put into the right position to witness these revelations. I think. Okay, I I can go with that because I I, I think that does crystallize something in my own mind where we we don't we you know we should not forget that it was it was total happenstance that that Scully even learned of the existence of Emily. Yeah, and it was this phone call from who? Right, right, exactly. I mean, this this thing all happened from this very mysterious circumstance that that has kind of been forgotten. I mean, I don't think that. I, I think that if you as the audience were looking in this episode to answer the question of where those phone calls were coming from, you are not the target audience yeah. for the X-Files. 
because um, that's really missing the point. I mean, it's not that the show was ever going to um, tell us where those phone calls were coming from. That was the vehicle. That was the mysticism. That was yeah. the burning, you know, the, the tablets at the burning bush, you know, whatever, right? It doesn't really matter where that, that is coming from. It's coming from God, essentially. Yeah. And if you, if you contextualize this two-parter as Scully's callback to her faith then I like it more, but I still wish that yeah. this episode had spent more time on that to make that a bit not clearer because I don't even think it needs to be clearer. I just think it needs to be needs to be teased out more. Yeah, this is at sometimes the show can be a little too subtle for its own good, and maybe there was an original version of this episode that was just this meditation on Scully's faith and all of that and being put in the right position and destiny and all of these things uh, that the show has flirted with as themes. And maybe it was, as you said, Catholicism is not the dominant subculture in this country. There were a lot of people who would not, who might be open to some of the themes around, but not necessarily entire two-parter about that and so maybe it was downplayed and later i don't know yeah i i don't know either but i i, I think that like there's the, like something... doesn't it feel like like this vision that skelly has at the beginning of her going through sand in this really cool dress and you know all of that that feels like something that the episode would have returned to you know usually when there is a dream imagery like that you know, it kind there's kind of one to introduce the act breaks. Like this seemed like an ep- like can, I can very easily imagine a version of this episode that every act break has another Scully walking through and giving some of the random philosophical poetry that the show is known for. Like in Memento Mori with the diary as kind of the framing device of this episode. I thought that's where the dream sequence was going to go, and it's only in the beginning, and that felt kind and that it's called back at the end it 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 feels like they needed to remind us of that dream once more do you know what i mean i i do know what you mean and i i i do wonder i mean sometimes it almost feels to me like like these were two episodes that were not even necessarily supposed to be a two-parter yeah and and we are dealing with a shortened season i mean this season is only 20 20 episodes and so even losing, you know, four episodes or five episodes out of the the order may just have been enough to to have them combine these two stories into one story and it just doesn't work as well as they were hoping perhaps. I I yeah. don't know. And And let's also not it, it, forget that I mean these episodes I believe were written by uh Carter Gilligan and Spotnitz all together. Yeah, they they all got story credit on it and written by credit. I'm I'm not entirely sure what that means, but sure. And uh, again, it could just be. I I assume they all work on the movie together as well, and so it could be. All right, well, we each need to put some plot points in to get to the movie, so let's do it. And the fact that this was very collaborative while they were dealing with movie stuff, maybe part of it too. I mean, there is some production level stuff surrounding this. Yeah, I mean that's certainly possible as well, and I think that that you know I, the fifth season is a weird season because the show was was at its height. It had this movie coming out; yeah. and it had already been filmed and shot. 
And and I don't know, maybe Chris Carter's attentions were diverted. I'm not sure. This, you know, in, in hindsight, this feels like a very experimental season. This feels like a very yeah. odd season of television, an odd season for the X-Files. And I think you will continue to see that. Um, it, it is. I don't think it's a coincidence that there are episodes written by Stephen King and William Gibson in this season. Yeah. Oh, this is that season. Okay. It's coming up very soon, actually. <laughs> and so n- next week, maybe. And... And so I don't know. It just it just feels like this is the first miss the first real misstep of the season mm. that the writing staff just maybe was a little bit too distracted to pull this off yeah. as well as they wanted to, which is fine. That happens. This is not a terrible episode, but it's just a it's just vaguely unsatisfying and I think would have been better to not repeat the same mythology motifs that we've seen over and over again. Yeah, I'm with that, especially when you Again, there, there. This is a bit of a cruel, shaggy dog story. Uh, Scully gets some answers, finds out what happened during experimentation, has a daughter, and then the daughter dies. And uh, little Emily's story is a shaggy dog story. She is a being who is incarnated for pure pain and experiments, and then dies. And it's just, it's horrible. Right. Yeah. It's just horrible. And to what end? I, I, I don't know. Is it to tell us the mythology is bad? Well, we already knew that. I mean, and I guess the sadness of Emily is why I do feel like the end with Scully and Church is a bit more of a because I remember the call uh, this the conversation that she has with I believe the priest where he's talking about well you know now that you're now that you have cancer don't you want to you know go to church sometime and she basically says no I don't feel that I have uh I, I don't. I, I have the strength to get through this, and she, she doesn't find her faith necessary to get through her own cancer. In a way, she can kind of understand that, yes, this is a conspiracy which takes innocent people and does horrible things to them, and it's fucked up, and we can we have to put this to justice and figure this out. She can kind of deal with that, but the existence that this conspiracy creates a person solely to essentially torture her that i think is the is the aspect that is too beyond her to handle on her own and i think that's the line where she kind of needs the spiritual side in order to draw strength from because this is kind of beyond the pale yeah yeah i mean i i i i tend to agree with that although i also think it, it could have been earned be better yeah or well, it could have been written better, but I also think it, 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 the argument could be made that that uh, the the Catholic God is is kind of being an asshole here because you know, like I don't know to what de- I don't know to what degree we're supposed to read into the fact that like you know, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit had something to do with this, and is it using this horrible yeah. thing as a vehicle to get Scully back to her faith? I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, they, I mean Mulder does. I'm ha- trying not to let my own feelings no, no, no. on Catholicism bleed into this because I am very much not a fan of Catholicism. Uh, no, but, I understand yeah. that. But I also think it's significant that now at the end, Mulder does stand with her. This is this to me seems kind of a callback from the why don't I have the desk? Why does every time I ha- you have a side quest, I have to follow it? But when I do, this is Mulder finally at the end of her side quest and supporting her and acknowledging kind of the spiritual quest that she is on. And he does point out that 
Yes, if all of this was meant to be, if there was a some kind of destiny behind this or force behind this, that did put Scully in the in Emily's life at the end of her life. Uh, there was a kind and loving presence with Emily doing what she could for her and at least giving her that little bit of comfort. And in a way that is, I don't know, that, 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 it, it, I don't think the X-Files version of God is of an all-powerful being because certainly this is not a, something that can do divine intervention, snap their fingers and then the conspiracy is gone. But uh, there is a sense at the end of this episode that, at least there were little mercies being performed. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? It does, yeah. And I and I also think that that this Mulder and Scully dynamic in this episode has some some resonances for for Kitsunagari. So uh, maybe we should move on yeah. to that. But before we do that, I do want to take an opportunity to remind all of you, the listeners of this podcast, that this is listener supported. If you like what we do, please go to patreon.com slash truckaboutshow and kick in a few bucks. Thank you. All right, let's talk about Kitsunagari, which I'm not really sure was necessary, and I'm not even really sure what the point of it is. Uh, it, it felt like tombs to stretch in a way. Uh, obviously, that's the sequel to a Monster of the Week episode. Uh, and I don't remember being particularly impressed by tombs. Uh, I don't know if Pusher was necessarily the kind of episode that needed a sequel and i don't know what would i find see now we have another name here we have tim Minear. i assume this is i did not know he did any x-files stuff but he is somebody that on tuning in we know as one of the co-creators of firefly um he's all and i think we really liked firefly when he was writing it we kind of liked the tim Minear bits of it the most right yeah, yeah. And I, I also remember that. Yeah, uh, also I know him from I mean he did Angel which is not one of my shows but um he he's responsible largely for season 2 of American Horror Story which is generally considered the best of that uh series and I guess I'm trying to look at this episode as what did Tim Minear bring to this uh writing with Vince Gilligan on a sequel to Gilligan's episode. Uh well, I think that, you know, so so some of the backstory behind this episode is that Tim and Nier had an idea for an episode, which was uh, kind of similar to this, but uh, I forget who had the idea to, to make it a sequel, because I guess yeah. Pusher became some sort of fan favorite. I huh. don't, I don't recall that. I mean, I was somewhat involved in X-Files fandom back in the 90s when I was a teenager, not heavily or anything, but I, I don't necessarily yeah. recall that, but hey, whatever. And it could uh, just so be sure, in one. He's a fan favorite. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, I get, I think I get what Tim Minear is doing in this episode. He is obviously, he's putting a different spin on it, right? Like Pusher yeah. and a lot of Vince Gilligan's episodes are very interested in getting into the internal lives of the monster of the week. And that was very true in Pusher. That's very true in a lot of his episodes. I don't think that this episode is interested in the internal lives yeah. of Linda Bowman, right? And I don't think it's really interested in the internal lives of Pusher. What this episode seems to be more interested in is 
showing how much of an asshole Mulder can be. I'm not really, you know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of like, what is the point of this? And I guess that's the point that I come away with. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what did this episode do that the original pusher didn't do beyond the twist of it's a second killer? Uh, I think this episode was maybe a little better at, it's a little more interested in showing the pushing scenes and these murder set pieces and things like that. Uh, That is certainly more of where this episode went than the original pusher did. And the original pusher, I think was a lot more about the cat and mouse, which is present is, which is present here, but not as much of a focal point. Well, there, there's a couple things there. I think number one is that um, this episode actually has an ending, unlike Pusher. That's true. So I appreciate that. I mean, it's it's much more well constructed than than the episode Pusher is. But I also think that that it's a little more subtle in what it's trying to do because Linda Bowman isn't necessary. I mean, she's not killing anybody except for her husband, and they never really explain why she did that. Right? Um, I, I assumed it was that. Because she marries him right before the uh, trial, it said. And, oh, no, no, because then they said she just no, found no, out no. about she... it six months before. I, I, I thought for a bit that she married him in order to get close to him, in order to murder him, but that was a couple of years ago. So I don't know why. She and why would she need to marry him to get close to him? I mean, that's that doesn't make any sense. Like, that's the part of the episode where I'm like, I'm not really sure what was and going on And then she gets there. his money. Yeah, a federal pros- or a state prosecutor has so much money. Um, <laughs> Compared to a, real, a successful realtor, that that is fair. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess it's just like, oh, well, don't think about it too much or it falls apart. Yeah. And that's fine. But I, I maybe don't, that's I don't... not fine. I mean, maybe that's why this episode doesn't feel like it's giving us more because there is kind of a bunch of this happens because it's the most exciting thing that can happen. Yeah, like there's a lot of interesting there's a lot of interesting character observations. I, I, I like the um, idea that that Pusher is not killing these people, that he has somehow become soft in his old age, quote unquote. <laughs> I, I like the the beat of him eating the Carbo Boost uh, snack bars for, for some reason, I guess, because he's really tired and he needs energy. There's a lot of nice touches in this episode, but it, it, it kind of feels like a bunch of it feels like a bunch of parts that, yeah. that never really add up to anything. And we've said that about mythology episodes, that it's a bunch of vaguely conspiracy-themed set pieces that just happen to get together in a kind of soup, and it's kind of okay. And that's kind of how this episode is. The plot maybe doesn't make any sense. It doesn't really matter. I am not watching this episode because I am strung along by the mystery. I mean, that was not uh, a driving factor of my interest in this episode. Uh, It's where I'm interested in seeing what's next just because they've shown me a bunch of weird things and I think it's kind of cool and I want to see what kind of cool thing their pusher is going to do now uh, rather than me being invested in, well, what's going to happen to these characters? Yeah, because it kind of, I mean, in an interesting way, Pusher becomes a non-entity in his own episode. I mean, this is really about Linda Bowman. He is not, he is in the episode only because he is incidental to the plot. And it, 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 there's a lot of it which is kind of very 
based on I don't know. I, I, I struggle with the idea that he had a fraternal twin that had the, the exact <laughs> same brain tumor that they didn't know about the existence of until six months ago that he breaks out of prison for some reason we don't really know why uh that he apparently is trying to stop her from doing this even though he is described as a serial killer and a sociopath i'm not really sure what that's about Uh, people really like these episodes i'm just i i struggle with them because i'm always like there's a lot of parts here but you're not making anything that is that interesting to me. And maybe the fact of the wait is the problem. Like maybe if it had been the next season in a much shorter time frame again, if you have her marrying the prosecutor to distract him from the case or whatever, and then, or, or again, to get into a position where she can lure him down and kill him or whatever. Um, that makes sense. The fact the fact that this is, it is this remarkable coincidence that she just happens to marry the guy who just happens to be prosecuting her t- fraternal twin that she finds about roughly two years later is a bit contrived. And I say this about an episode of a show where two people – where I accept that two people can use brain tumors to influence people's behavior. Yeah, and I, you know that that's the least that's the part of the episode that I that, that I have the least problem <laughs> with. You know, I mean, this is the X Files after all. Yeah, but I guess the way you're supposed to track it is that Linda Bowman had this elaborate plot to get revenge on Fox Mulder for you know shooting and and imprisoning her yeah. brother. Who? Why would she even care? I, I'm not sure that that's unclear. But let's just say she has strong familial allegiances okay fine to the guy she just met six months ago and just learned the existence of but okay (laughs) right like that you know you just kind of got to go all right well if i don't if i don't accept that i don't accept the entirety of the episode so you got to accept that right and then she's visiting him in the prison she's pretending to be an she is pretending to be a, a a nun uh, I guess maybe you're supposed to think that she pushed him into escaping and maybe she had this elaborate plan to get revenge on Fox Mulder without actually tipping her hand. And so she's getting revenge on Mulder for imprisoning her brother while at the same time framing yeah. her brother for the you know what i mean it's just like it's yeah. layers upon layers and I'm, I'm i'm not really sure what the actual point of any of this is i mean yeah this definitely is is one of those fridge logic episodes it do, it's falling apart the more we are talking about it well and the reason we're talking about the plot so much is that this episode doesn't really have yeah. anything to say about Mulder. It doesn't really have anything to say about Scully. She's not in the episode that much. And, and, and this is, this is Scully at her most infuriatingly obtuse. And <laughs> this is Mulder at his most infuriatingly asshole. I mean, it's just like that, that one scene where he's like, let me, you know, when you tell me how I'm feeling great again, why don't you yeah. just let me know Scully? And he just hu- walks off in a huff. It's like, Jesus Christ. Uh, it- and I mean that he turns out to be right in the end, and he was right the entire time, and everybody was wrong for doubting him. I mean that is a that is going to be a problem in television in the next in, in several years after the X Files, in which uh, you know assholes who are brilliant at their job becomes very much a thing, and uh, is I think a societal problem. But anyway, uh, 
there's one point in which Scully is saying to him, uh, listen, you're the one who told me don't listen to him. If any of us start sounding weird, we've got to talk the other down and, you know, all of that kind of thing. Again, it's the don't let me eat any of these cookies and then getting angry because you won't let me eat a cookie. Uh, he's the one. Right. He, she's following exactly what he said and he's getting pissed at her for that. I mean, this is a this is a fairly consistent character beat for Mulder, though. I mean, Mulder is to some degree a hypocrite. I, he, yeah, he does. He makes rules that he doesn't like to follow himself, and then then it always it always turns out fine because he's you know one of the two main characters in this show, and they're not going to kill Mulder, but until they do. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but is that why he left the show? One of the reasons. But it's just kind of infuriating because it's the show repeating its same loops over and over again and not really doing anything interesting with it. And like yeah. the show could be better than this. And and I'm not, you know, well, it's like it's it's a fo- it's a follow up to an episode that I didn't really particularly like in the first place. So I don't really get why. It, it it's not doing anything with the concept. And, you know, it does have that striking scene at the very end where, you know, Scully as Linda Bowman, as Scully is talking to Mulder to try and convince him that she is actually Scully and she's rattling off her mother's name and, you know, all that kind of information. Yeah. And I, I, I guess we're supposed to think that Linda Bowman's ultimate plan was not actually to kill Mulder, but to have Mulder kill Scully and he would never be able to forgive himself, as he says at the end of the episode. But it's like, that's a really shitty plan. <laughs> and why would Linda Bowman care about any of this? I think that's really what it, at the core of it is. Like, I yeah. can buy Pusher. I can buy Modell in the original Pusher episode because, you know, he's going crazy. He has a brain tumor. He's a sociopath. You know, pick any one of a half a dozen reasons why people commit murder. But... There's no real reason given for why Linda Bowman is doing any of this other than a very vague, oh, well, she wants to get revenge on the guy who put the brother that she just met six months ago in prison. Uh, uh, and it, Again, if they had known the entire time that they were twins, that they had this weird close relationship, and I could have bought it that way because, all right, the, the, these are two people who just have this weird, intense thing and – killing and revenge are gonna happen that's fine but again she just met she just learned about him six months ago and she hasn't even been able to really have a conversation with him has she because he's half comatose i don't know right he's been in a coma the entire time (laughs) it's the 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 set pieces were cool that that is true i mean I, i i do think that the murder scene with the body and the blue paint is interesting and cool and yeah. striking i mean the, the the japanese uh you know writing on the wall is cool and interesting yeah but i mean it, it 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 could just be listen we've got a very busy season we're getting gimmick episodes we have we're dealing with this movie shit we have to put all these pieces you need to write an episode give us something and they just figure all right well even if we just string a bunch of set pieces together and get the fans happy by mentioning pusher like in some ways this episode seems like just all right we we could just got to throw this together and we'll make people happy and they won't remember this seems again maybe a filler episode isn't quite the right thing but it's it is a bit of a potboiler in that way if we are not seeing it as that uh if it doesn't really hold up to any critical scrutiny 
I don't know if this episode was intended to, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And I, I maybe that's enough. I'm not sure. You know, if this episode is just not for us, then that's fine. Not everything can be for us. This is the equivalent of just you're going on a TV show, so you just play your single, and everybody loves the hit, and yes, your hardcore fans don't really care about it, but this isn't for them, and you'll give them something better next week. Yeah. There's a yeah. movie coming out. You get to go to the movies over the summer, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Please go to the movies and spend $7 on the movie. Um all right, well, I think we'll call it an episode. If you have any thoughts on either of these episodes, please leave a comment on the post for this episode of the podcast at tuninginshow.com. As we said earlier, we do have a Patreon. It is located at patreon.com slash truckaboutshow, which also supports our other podcast, Truckabout. We are finishing the fourth season of Star Trek Voyager this week, so go check that out as well. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tuning In Show is our username in all those places. And as always, please leave us an iTunes review or Apple Podcast review. I think they are the same thing. I should know that, but I don't for sure. Please do leave a review for this podcast. It does help us. Okay, next week we will be talking about schizogeny. Schizogeny. Syzygy. No, we already had that episode. This is different. And Jinga. Mac, why do you... Thank you.